0: Well, this uh, start of 2021, like I said, we are going to be looking at a series called Hearing God's Call, uh, a sermon series on vocation. Now, when I talk about vocation, there might be a couple of different images that come to mind or a couple of different definitions of vocation that come to mind. Uh, This is not a sermon series on what you should do to earn a living Uh, necessarily. Um, This may be connected to thinking through our occupation, but not necessarily. This is rather a series that is really focused on hearing God's voice. How we trust God's plan and how we um, are invited to partner with God in God's mission in the world. Uh, And so we're doing some distinguishing between occupation, which maybe is what you do to earn a living, what what you do for, for income, and vocation, which is, um, oh, the word really means our calling, what, what we are called to by God. An occupation, like I said, is what you do to earn a living. Um, It doesn't mean that it has to be dull. Uh, It doesn't mean that you wake up every morning and you maybe go to your occupation and you wonder if you've got a case of the Mondays or something like that. Hopefully your occupation is uh, something that you are interested in, um, but sometimes our occupation is just what we do uh, to earn a living, to support ourselves and to support our families um, and and, uh, do that financially. But vocation is something that we are called to. It's a deeper sense of purpose. I remember being in high school and um, probably uh, ninth or tenth grade, they started making us take these assessments that were to assess our interests and our, our abilities and find the perfect job for us. And you answered all these questions, and and it was supposed to limit down this, you know, extensive list of occupations and find the perfect one. And then they would help you find the perfect college uh, for, in my case, they, they thought that I needed to find the perfect college to go and help me get trained for this perfect occupation that would fit me. And of course, there were, after the assessment, there were all kinds of things that, potentially could fit, uh, ranging from, um, it, it was interesting, the program could ev- either think uh, in terms of priest or rabbi, and I thought, ah, that's, I'm not sure that, that either one of those is going to quite fit, um, accountant, and, and other odd things that, that came up, and I remember going to the guidance counselor after all of these assessments and saying, you know, I, th- I think I want to go into the ministry, And the guidance counselor at the public school had no idea what I was talking about and, and, uh, well, what do you do for that? I mean, they're asking me, I'm like, you're the guidance counselor, I came to you for counseling, for guidance and and all of that. And and they said, well, so you want to go to college? And I said, yeah, that that sounds good. Uh, Okay, well, we'll just make sure that you're in the college prep classes. Uh, And those were helpful, although looking back now uh, in my life, I wish I would have taken more uh, shop classes, more uh, woodworking classes, and things like that, because, um, you know, uh, advanced chemistry and and algebra aren't helping me fix anything in my home that breaks right now. Um, They're not really, uh, I can't say that I've used a lot of that algebra since then. Don't, all of the college students, all of the high school students, all of the student students that are listening, just put your hands over your ears um, for that part. But open your ears for this. I wish I would have taken some of those other classes. I got tracked through the, the college prep classes, but I wish I would have taken more time. Um, German 5 has not been overly useful um, as, a, as a pastor so far. But I also remember thinking that calling or vocation was about finding that one job, that one occupation that God wanted for me. And if I found that one job, I would feel whole and complete if I found that one job that was meant for me. And my fear was that if I didn't find that one job, I would be miserable and I would not be doing the one thing God put me on this earth to do. Now look, sometimes I do believe God calls us in a very specific way to specific tasks. But I think vocation can be much broader too. And so I think there are multiple jobs or occupations that we could be um, in, working in, and filling our vocation from God. So. You know, if you're not sure what that one perfect job is or you haven't found that, that one thing, just know that God still has a vocation, a calling on your life. So this is a series on hearing our vocation, learning to hear how God is calling us, how God is gifting us and equipping us, and learning how the community of faith helps us to discern our vocation. But this is not necessarily about finding that one true occupation or job that is meant for you. As we take a a deeper look at this this morning, would you pray with me? Jesus, we thank you that you are calling each of us, that you are also calling us as a people, as the Spring Creek Church of the Brethren group. I pray that you would open our ears to hear, our eyes to see the ways in which you are working and calling us into cooperation with your plan. Now may the words of my mouth, the meditations of our hearts be pleasing to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Over the next several weeks, we are going to be looking at um, a number of um, mostly Old Testament characters and how God called them. And how they responded to God's call. Now, not all of them are going to be like Abram, who, uh, you know, puts his trust in God and picks up everything and moves on. Some of our characters are going to respond in that way. Some are going to be um, not sure about how God is calling them or if it's even God calling them. Uh, we'll be looking at the story of, of Samuel who hears God's voice, but it takes him a little time to figure out who it is that's calling him. We're going to be looking at the story of David, whose calling uh, kind of comes through an uh, and elder Samuel. Um, but kind of defies the logic of the world around him in hearing this call and receiving this call from God. We're going to look at the story of Jonah, who's kind of a um, test case in missing the point, who, who s- sometimes responds to the call, and even though he kind of has the, you know, the, the big fish uh, adventure, uh, still kind of misses the point of what God is calling him to. We'll also be looking at the story of Esther, who finds herself in the right place at the right time um, with the right influence. And she responds to God's call. See, God's call comes to these people in different ways. Some hear an audible voice and know right away that it is a call from God. Others need some help in understanding that it is God calling Others get their sense of vocation through someone else. Someone helps them discern how God is calling them in that moment. Some respond faithfully, and others are stories of those who have missed the point. This morning, our scripture is about the calling of Abram. Abram comes in the line of descendants from Shem, who is one of Noah's sons. And the pattern of Abram's call of the barrenness of his wife Sarai is a pattern that gets replicated in Isaac and Jacob as well. Abram is called to leave his hometown, called to leave everything that is familiar around him called to to leave the home of his relatives where they reside and in verse 1 we're told that he is to go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you no final destination given no GPS coordinates given God is just saying pack up and follow me what surprises me every time I read this passage is verse 4 where Abram, where it says, so Abram went. He packs up everything and goes. He, he trusts God's promise. He trusts God's call for his own life, but also for his family, his wealth, his possessions, his own welfare. He leaves it all behind to go to the land that God has called him. You know, as we talk about our vocation as followers of Jesus, I want us to understand what I mean by vocation. In first Peter chapter two, verses nine through 17, uh, Peter puts it this way. But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's own people, in order that you may proclaim the mighty acts of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Once you were not a people, but now you are God's people. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy." Beloved, I urge you as aliens and exiles to abstain from the desires of the flesh that wage war against the soul. Conduct yourselves honorably among the Gentiles so that though they malign you as evildoers, they may see your honorable deeds and glorify God when he comes to judge. For the Lord's sake, accept the authority of every human institution, whether of this emperor as supreme or of governors as sent by him to punish those who do wrong and to praise those who do right. For it is God's will that by doing right, you should silence the ignorance of the foolish. As servants of God, live as free people, yet do not use your freedom as a pretext for evil. Honor everyone. Love the family of believers. Fear God. Honor the emperor." The prophet Micah maybe puts it a little bit more simplified for us in Micah 6.8 that we love to quote. As he has told you, O mortal, what is good and what does the Lord require of you but to do justice and to love kindness and to walk humbly with your God. It's a way of living, a way of being that God is calling us to. There was a sign in the printing shop of Christopher Sauer back in the 1700s who was connected with the early brethren in America and the the sign in his shop simply read, To the glory of God and my neighbor's good. New Testament scholar N.T. Wright says this, The Christian vocation is to be part of the restoration of justice, beauty, freedom, truth, power, spirituality, and relationships. Broadly, this is the ongoing vocation or calling of the followers of Jesus to be part of the healing and restoration in our world. So God's call on individuals and on uh, groups of people May come in different ways. We might live out that broad vocation in uh, more specific ways. There is a broad calling or vocation that, are, that all of us are called to who are in relationship with Jesus. Sometimes God chooses to move in very specific moments. In specific ways or with specific people at different times. God calls Abram, And so why does God choose Abram? Is there there something um, wonderful about Abram? Uh, God probably knows the the character and the faithfulness of Abram that will get lived out over over Abram and Abraham's life. But we aren't given a lot of pre-qualifications for Abram in this text other than he is the eldest son of Terah. And he's the next in the genealogical line. God says to Abram, go to a land I will show you. God says to him, I will bless you so that you will be a blessing. And in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. See, God is actually inviting Abram to be a part of God's healing work in the world in a very specific way. God is choosing Abram and, and Abraham's line to bless the world, to, to begin to work his plan of restoration in the world. Abram is asked to be trusting, to be obedient. Later, Abram will have to learn to be patient and to trust, even when it seems like God's plan is, is all fallen apart. When God asks Abraham to go and to sacrifice his son, his only son, it appears that the plan is is just falling to pieces. And yet Abraham trusts. Sometimes God asks us to partner with God's healing work in ways at specific times uh, and works with specific people. It could be the big, I will bless the whole world through you kind of calling, but it could be much smaller. That God wants to bless and reveal himself to, to certain people that maybe you are connected to. Maybe that's a your place of work. God wants to to bless your coworkers and, and reveal himself to a coworker that you are with. And so he wants to partner with you in that moment, in that place, to reach that person. Maybe God wants to bless someone in your school. And so God wants to partner with you. He wants to to work with you to reveal himself in that moment, in that place. And so God does call us to, um, to work with him. At specific times. God gifts us or, or wires each of us uniquely and we're given uh, gifts and abilities and, and talents to work in, in certain ways. God has designed us with these, these certain interests and abilities and wants to partner with us. And we'll lean more into this uh, over our series in the coming weeks. I also believe that God calls on... Uh, Communities of faith to partner with him. I believe God uh, calls groups of Christians or communities to work in in similar ways You know the church the 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 big church I'm talking about all followers of Jesus who uh, profess Jesus as Lord and Savior uh, Are called to be a part of God's healing and redeeming work in the world as, as communities of faith And there are ways that um, all congregations are called to live and move and act. And yet I think that each little community of faith has unique callings and gifts and abilities, too. There are lots of reasons why we have different denominations and and different groups of of Christians uh, today in our world. A lot of those aren't for great reasons. Um, It's often attributed to squabbles over uh, this point or that point or um, minute details of faith. Sometimes it, it, it's occurred because uh, a part of the church starts to forget its vocation, forgets its, its calling. And so a part has to say, wait a minute, I think we need to come back. I think we need to recover uh, the way God has called us to be his church and so there's, there's good reasons and there's uh, maybe poor reasons for there being lots of different groups and, and denominations. But I think that there are other reasons, too, for being different groups, different communities of faith with different flavors. Those groups that have tended towards maybe a more charismatic expression of faith. Um, remind me that uh, there, is, there is life, there is joy uh, in, in following Jesus, that the that movement of the Spirit sometimes comes in very unexpected and unplanned ways. Those communities of Jesus uh, followers who come from maybe a more high church uh, tradition and uh, have maybe a more uh, regimented way of worshiping, remind me that God is also a God of order. They remind me of the the Christian tradition that helps tie us to the historic church that reaches throughout the ages. Spring Creek is part of an Anabaptist pietist tradition with a a certain emphasis on individuals deciding to commit uh, to following Jesus for themselves who have a, a Jesus-centered view of Scripture and, and living and a, a certain view of how we are related to the secular power structures in our world and, and peace and, and the role of the community in finding and discerning God's vocation of our individual in our life in in the community as well and let me just give a a plug for uh, some things that are going to be coming up uh, over the next couple of months Thursday nights together uh, which is TNT we we love our uh, short acronyms TNT it's dynamite we'll get together we'll have some conversation that'll be happening over over zoom um, it's it's geared Traditionally towards those maybe who are uh, new to faith or new to Spring Creek and want to find out more. Uh, we often call them our inquirer's classes, but that's not happening in person now. And so we'll, we'll take, some, take advantage of the, the technology uh, through Zoom and we'll connect in those ways. But I would love for others maybe who have been part of Spring Creek for a long time to join in on those conversations as we learn Together, over this series, I hope that we are learning a little bit more to open our ears, to hear God's voice, to hear God's call on us as individuals and also on us as a church, as a community of faith, who's trying to figure out what does it mean for us to follow God to hear God's call, and to follow him in this very unique time. May we have ears to hear, eyes to see the ways in which God is calling. Um, here at the beginning of 2021, I feel a little bit like Abram right now. God calling us as individuals and certainly as a congregation To go to a land I will show you, without being given the destination, without knowing exactly where this path is going to uh, go that's in front of us in this new year. You know, we don't have a lot of specifics for how this year will unfold, we have thoughts and ideas, uh, our leadership and our staff will be embarking on some planning and, and continuing to discern how God is calling us and how we are being called to live out our, our vocation in the world. But what our post-pandemic world will look like, God knows. And we are all trying to figure out. So I hear these words, go to a land, a time, a place that I will show you. And like Abram, we are being invited to work with God, to bless others by by living out this vocation that we have. After God lays out the very broad plan to Abram, go to a place And I will bless you in order to be a blessing. The text simply says, so Abram went, as the Lord had told him. So how will our story be written this year? God said to Spring Creek, go to this task, partner with me in this way. I will bless you so that you may bless others. What's the next line for us? Is it Spring Creek said, well, let us go back or stay right here where we're at? Or will it be written? So Spring Creek went as the Lord had told them. How does our story go this year? Well, we have an opportunity to to write it in the year, in in the months, in the weeks, in the days ahead, for each of us as individuals and for our life together. Would you receive the benediction? May we learn to tune our ears to hear God's call. May we live in faith and faithfulness to God's call. And may we all live out our God-given vocation each day. I hope you have a great week, Spring Creek. Happy New Year. I hope you are happy. I hope you are healthy, most importantly. And I hope that you are following Jesus and being in relationship with him. Have a great week.